listening to the On-Call Empath Show. I'm Dr. Annalie. I am a speaker, coach, healer, and doctor of chiropractic. It's been an honor to be on this show. And we talked a lot about narcissist abuse, how to heal from it. We talked about self-love and some things going forward to be your most empowered self. So you're listening to The On-Call Empath. guys we are back for another episode of the on-call empath and today we are going to dive into a very juicy subject of narcissism and we're going to be talking about how to heal from it boundaries how to love yourself this is definitely for anyone that has been through any type of narcissist abuse i'm very excited for my next guest dr annalie how are you i'm so excited for you to be here today I am doing amazing. I am so excited to be here as well and to be able to share with your audience on all of the topics and things that you just shared about because I'm really passionate about sharing on those and and helping other people through them. Yes. And one of the biggest things that I see across even with my coaching is there's always someone who is having problems setting boundaries, narcissist abuse, dealing with manipulators. This is firsthand. This is why you're so good at what you do. I wanted to bring you onto this elite series so you can kind of shed light because you yourself have been through narcissist abuse. I have. I have. And I have worked with a lot of clients and a lot of people who also have gone through a lot of narcissistic abuse and some who didn't even realize that or didn't even know what to categorize that or call that. So it is one of my missions Mm -hmm. to get the awareness out there to more people so that they can learn how to navigate Mm -hmm. it or how to get out of it or how to heal from it. Exactly. And I know there's a lot of things on YouTube and social media about narcissism. It's like, seems to be a buzzword, but I feel like unless you've been through it and you firsthandly know what it's like to be in that prison for a long period of time, that's what kind of sets like the tone for someone to help someone. I mean, you've been through it. So I want to just dive right in here and kind of get your take on when did you realize the first time that you were in a narcissist relationship? So I realized after the fact, when I was in it, I didn't, again, I didn't know what to categorize it or what to call it, but I did know something was so off. Physically, I was feeling off. I was feeling drained. I had absolutely no energy. I couldn't even get up to to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And I started gaining all this weight too. And and feeling crazy. That's that's one of like (laughs) the foundational things when you're in a relationship like that is is you can feel like you're going crazy because one minute you're you're saying something and you're saying what that person did or said to you. And the next minute they're they're telling you like, you just made that up or that didn't happen. A lot of that gaslighting kind of happens. And then what was happening was I was, I was doubting myself. I was doubting my intuition. I was doubting my feelings because, because of what this other person was saying or how they were making me feel. But after the fact, it was like the universe really had my back with, I started 
coming across podcast episodes. I started coming across other coaches, other information on narcissistic relationships. And I just had no idea, but I had all of the key factors mm-hmm. in what, what, which would characterize one. Yeah. And I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I knew this information before that would have explained what I was going through, but I had no idea. And I felt really alone through it. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I know that you work with a lot of empaths as well. And um, people that uh, have been through a lot of trauma, like narcissist abuse and things like that. So when does the healing process begins? And first, first, by the way, like, how do we once you identify you're with a narcissist, how do you even get to a point of like, okay, I got to start healing. I got to start to get away from this person. What did happen with you to finally make that decision that you're going to cut it off and start working on yourself? It was actually at the time it felt horrible, but looking back, it was one of my biggest blessings in disguise. I actually came home one day and I had gone to my internship I came home, we were living together at the time and he was standing outside on my porch, like smoking a joint and all of his furniture was gone. Oh my gosh. I come in and he's like, I'm moving out. I was like, okay, when? And he was like, (laughs) I already, and I was like, okay. And honestly, it was that short of like a conversation And I felt like I was in shock and I was really upset. I I cried to my friend that night. I went over to her house. And then after, after a few days, I was like, oh my God, that actually was what I was wanting. Like I felt so off in this relationship. I made comments about breaking up like previously and I didn't have the courage to do it. I didn't trust myself to do it. I had convinced myself he was the one. We're going to be together. We're going to travel. And if the universe, God, like, didn't have him do that, like, I would have stayed stuck. So it it almost felt like I didn't have a choice. Like, he was released from my life. And once he was cleared out of my life, then I started focusing on the self-love aspect. I started learning about that. I started working on myself. I started as simple as affirmations. That was one of the first pieces to my journey. But what I had realized was, was in that relationship, it was so outward focused, always worrying about him, what he's doing next. How can I help him? How can I do this? And there was no love for myself. There was no care for myself. So right when you're healing from a narcissistic relationship, or if you're starting to notice you're in one right now, it's turning that energy inward even in the shower, just like loving your body, loving yourself, being mindful, having those moments with you and your own energy and your own thoughts is going to be the first place to really start. Yeah. And I guess like one of the things that I hear from, you know, just not just my listeners that write in, but like people that I coach One thing that they do say is like, sometimes even way after they leave the narcissist, they'll have these moments of like, I don't know, like maybe intense, like they miss them 
but it's oh, yeah. not so much them. It's the fact that the, they're so used to being abused, kind of like a trauma bond for some people. But in your opinion, do you do you still think about this narcissist um, or would you say that you're completely over it? It doesn't cross your mind. I mean, because you're at a level where you're helping so many people with six figure online businesses and and everything that you do. Does it ever cross your mind in one day when you're just walking down the street or is it something that's erased? Well, I will be totally honest. Like after he moved out, it might have been like two or three months later, we started talking again a little bit. And I at that point had already moved states and he he actually came to visit me. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was again the beginning of like feeling so in love or like maybe this could work. Right. So then like a horrible blow up disaster, like experience that weekend too. And to me, that was my final straw with it. I didn't tell anybody about it too. Like my roommates were out of town that weekend. Like I felt so much shame because everyone had known like what he had done to me. And yet here I am like letting him back into my life and like, fantasizing the thought of a relationship again because yeah until you're in it you don't know what it feels like there's also like a chemical almost addiction to it I would it's like a heroin withdrawal yeah and that's what it because it's like logically it makes no sense like it seems crazy like he left you like moved out why would you right then have him come fly out and visit but to everyone listening who's been in these cycles like you know like there are those moments where you might feel really empowered like I'm done with this relationship I can't believe it to like a week down the road a month down the road a year even down the road where it's like oh there I do miss laughing with him or you start to think of the good Mm -hmm. moment and then what would creep in was like maybe I was too harsh yes yes And, and that's where then especially with him coming to visit me, it was like, maybe this time it will be different. Maybe I'm more older. I'm more confident when in reality, no, but I would say the main cause of that and why it's like, we still miss them after we've gone through the abuse and the cycles is that, is that addiction. It's addicted to the highs. It's addicted Mm -hmm. to the the chemical reaction that your body started to then feel safe in it, even Mm -hmm. though it's toxic it felt safe. There was familiar right. with it. And that's what it's like. Your body, your ego mm-hmm. is. Cr- and that takes time, like time right. to working with professionals and yeah. all of the very steps and tools that you need to do. But that is a common thing that yeah. I, I, and I've gone through myself. Right. And all you guys that are listening out there, a lot of you guys are my clients, a lot of empaths, a lot of highly sensitive people. When you keep seeing this person, even physically, that mm-hmm. will trigger something in your mind where that, where you're going to feel that like drug withdrawal, like maybe I was the problem, maybe. And then you start asking and second, second guessing yourself, but that is all part of this, this whole game that they play, you know, narcissists. I mean, they know what they're doing and mm-hmm. their hopes to coming, visiting you, hoping you're going to change your mind, take him back. And then you're just going to be right back in the same spot. But this time you were, you knew that this, you had to cut him off. So I wanted to ask you, 
what made you put your foot down? Because I think a lot of people that are listening right now in this episode, they're having the biggest problems, just letting go and going non-contact, cutting them out. How did you do it? And can you give some tips to anyone that's listening? Yeah, I would say happened. I felt like there was like the poking and the prodding until like I reacted. It was like a moment of that where like, then I like just blew up. I also had found out there were times where he was lying to me from when we were, were in a relationship and he would laugh at me and he'd be like, you're so crazy. Like, how can you even think that way? What I've then found out on this trip, all of those things that he like mocked me for feeling crazy about were true. And it just set me off. And that's where I was just like, I am done. I actually, I kicked him out of my, my place. I had him, Mm -hmm. I had him leave. And I will say, even after that, the next day felt really painful and felt really lonely. I remember sitting on the beach and my heart just like, yeah, so bad. And I was like, and it was still even a moment of like, I want to see him. Like, I want to make this right. And I told myself in that moment, I was like, no, I am going to sit through the pain and mm-hmm. sit through loneliness because I've learned my lesson. I've learned the pattern and it's not going to be different. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not me either. Yeah. And so the thing I would say is like, there is no really avoiding the grief or the loneliness or the pain that will inevitably happen. That's a natural part of like a death of a relationship. Mm-hmm. So you can't really avoid that part. Like it's kind of like you have to go through it. You have to experience it. But on the other side of it, yeah. Then you asked like, if I'm walking down the street, do I think of him? And it's like, Mm -hmm. not really. Like it's just done. He had said a lot of you that I had wanted to finally hear, Mm -hmm. but I did so much healing work with myself. And I sat with so much of the pain and the loneliness that I, not available to to go back into that situation as tricky as it could right. have been it could have been to fall from what was saying yeah you know what i find interesting is i mean i mean just talking to so many people that first couple weeks afterwards it's like death it's like darkness yeah. you're confused yep. you don't know what you're doing you you start having some people have panic attacks mm-hmm. some people go into deep depression they don't leave their bedroom and I've talked to so many people that went through that phase, but that, are you saying like that's needed to go into more of finding your hitting rock bottom and then finding self-love and then moving on? Is that something that someone needs to go through to get to healing? I would say majority of people. Yes, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's like not pretending like it's just going to be okay or it's going to feel fine or it's going to mm-hmm. feel you're smooth or like you can breathe. Like I would say the majority of people I've worked with myself included, it's, there was that period, there was that phase where it was so hard. It was so painful. There was so much grief. There was a space in my heart where it's like, you feel like you can't keep going the next day. Like, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm they'll say with everything in life and cycles, like there's a phase of death and there's a phase of rebirth and there's not Mm -hmm. really avoiding that. It's allowing your, another thing that's big is like allowing yourself to feel those feelings or to feel all of the emotions that come up that you didn't fully process to when you were in that relationship. 
giving yourself that space, allowing yourself to also be single and be lonely and mm-hmm. jumping to the next thing, which is what I see a lot of people do because the pain is mm-hmm. I, your greatest gift actually can be really experiencing that grief and that mm-hmm. pain and allowing yourself to be in it, like not judging it or thinking you're in it mm-hmm. too long. Right. And that's what I tell a lot of, a lot of people is you're going to go through hell and, and it's not going to be easy, but then on the other side, I mean, just looking at you and the successful stuff that you've done, I mean, your Instagram and everything that you've done up to this, I wanted to bring you on. So people, everyone that's listening, I don't know if you're watching on YouTube or, or a podcast, but you, you can tell like you've totally changed your life. You're successful and you're living the life that you're, you dreamed of. But during that time of nars- being abused, do you mm-hmm. think you could have gone that far in your life right now being with that narcissist? Probably not. Never. And it's so interesting because it's like the life we had talked about having was like such a fantasy or like the life that like mm-hmm. I actually kind of am living now, but it wouldn't have been sure. possible with him, with somebody who was constantly draining my energy or who I was doubting myself around or those little jabs. Like if you're listening, you know, yeah. like there's those, those <laughs> that are like sugar coated and sprinkled then with like some superficial bombing. <laughs> exactly. And that's what I was in such a cycle of that. Like, there's no way I could have gotten mm. to where I'm at. There's just, it's no possible way. Like absolutely yeah. not. So I hope you guys got getting something out of this. I mean, if you're stuck in a narcissist relationship, there is hope. But when you shut down the manipulation, the gaslighting, the daily abuse, you're going to have a change chemically in your body because you're shutting that all off like a faucet. And you're going to go into the only way you can go into is coping. And some people, unfortunately, they go through addiction. They'll, They'll do binge. They'll do stuff that's not good for them. But what I typically tell people is like, you can journal, you can do exercise, you can eat healthy, you can do all these things to kind of counter all of that. So you're, you're, you're not going to be hit as hard. What are some of the things that you recommend that worked for you um, right after you left? What are some things that, that kind of helped you kind of cope during this uh, period when you left? Yeah, I'm really getting flashbacks of like that moment on the beach Mm -hmm. and then I live by the beach too. So what I was doing every day is I was going to the beach. You don't have to go to the beach to do this, but I remember just sitting there and doing release writing. Mm, Yeah. A form of journaling where I would just let the pen flow and I would write out everything. Like if I'm having a crazy thought, if I'm missing this person, if I'm upset, like things that didn't need to make sense what that really was doing was that was getting all of the chaos, the clutter, the anxiety, the fears, the loneliness out of my head and just onto paper. Yeah. And then I would just rip it up as a symbol of just, I am letting it go. And I did that honestly a lot, like almost every day for probably like maybe two months. And, and that's what I needed to Mm -hmm. like, um, it's anything too, that's just going to get you out of your, your head and emotions and just releasing it. So some other great outlets are breath work. Mm-hmm. That would be a huge one that I would recommend, but 
if you're in the beginning, early phases of it, like you're just getting out of it, it just happened, you're feeling so lost. The greatest thing you can do is to cry or scream, mm-hmm. like go in the car and scream, like roll your windows down, go for a drive, like mm-hmm. do what you have to do without judgment and get it all out of your body and allow it to take the amount of time that it needs to take and not think like, mm-hmm. oh my God, two weeks, it's been a month. Like it will take the time it needs to take, but your best yeah. friend feeling all of your emotions and the full spectrum of them. Right. So there's really no time period. I mean, you guys don't want to force it, but at the same time, you have to move forward. And one of the ways is like, you know, Dr. Annalie saying is journaling, breath work, even yoga, I heard. I mean, there's so many things. So if writing's not your thing, there's so many other things you can do um, to start living your authentic self. So this brings me to the next um, subject. And I just kind of want to switch gears here. Once you left and you started feeling better and you started healing, how does, how do you like love yourself after that? Like self-love is so critical and you're like an expert in that. So I want everyone to pay attention to this part because I feel like this is what people need before they get into any relationship. In that matter of fact, you have to love yourself. But what does that mean? How do you love yourself? Yeah. So the basic way to really start with loving yourself is I would explain it as talking to yourself the way that you would talk to a best friend or to a child, how you would encourage them. You would celebrate them. You would be patient to them. You would be kind to them, compassionate to them. So often we are like that to other people. But when it then comes to ourselves, we are super critical and judgmental and hard on ourselves and put all of this pressure, feeling like we didn't do enough at the end of the day. And so many people are stuck in that. So I say the first thing is to look at yourself like you are your own best friend and to just Mm -hmm. be mindful throughout the day of the way that you speak to yourself. Mm -hmm. That's first starting. Yeah. Changing, I I am big on changing the narrative. I mean, we've been saying all of this in our heads for so long as you give excuses after excuses, like it's, oh, but he does this for me or she does this for me, you know, and, and you give slack to this person that's abusing you for years and some decades. Some of you guys might be married to one for all I know, or you left a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend and even it affects you today with your work, with your kids everything is revolved around this person because we give them power. Um, And so that's why, like you said, asking the right questions, changing that narrative in your mind and, and even like writing down, like, why do you think these things are true about you? Even if you have low self-esteem, because that's, that's very big with a lot of the clients that I see is like, they don't feel like they're good enough. And the only way they feel complete is when they're with somebody who, you know, unfortunately abuses them. So if you guys are listening, there is hope. And so Dr. Annalie, wrapping up here, I want to just give you the last word um, to all the people that are listening right now at this moment. If you could give one piece of advice that someone could use right after this podcast, just to kind of prep them to leave the narcissist, or maybe they left them, 
but it's still affecting them and they want to contact them. And that's what I get a lot. Like they tell me like, you know what? I left him. I feel good about it, but I still think about him or her, my ex-wife or my ex-husband or my ex-boyfriend, whoever it is, it still affects their life in some sort of way. What can you kind of uh, reassure people and in, in, in the stuff that you do with your work? Can you just kind of because I know you can resonate with that. What What is a couple of things that people could do just to kind of get into that path where, where they can kind of follow in your footsteps? Yep. So a few things are coming through. The first thing is self-trust. After being in a narcissistic relationship, a lot of that self-trust is, has just been thrown out the window. And so building up and cultivating that within you. So it's even as simple as if you say you're going to the gym, like following through on your word, if Mm -hmm. you are going, yes, to complete something or not do something, it's like trusting yourself and doing it and starting with little things. The second aspect of this is, and with everything we've talked about is even how we mentioned like journaling or breath work or release writing as the things to do your intuition is really guiding you and it's safe to trust that. So that ties into the self-trust piece. So almost all of the time, we actually do know what to do. We do know what our next steps are. It's just sometimes we're not trusting it or we're not having the courage to do it. So this is your reminder. This is to empower you that your answers are within. You do know what to do. And now you can trust yourself to do it or get the mentorship or the guidance to help you with doing that if you need that. But it's not that you're not powerless and you're not not aware of what to do next. So that's yeah. the thing I really want to share with you to really lock that in, that the answers are within you. And then the third thing before like you want to reach out to an ex or to an old habit or pattern or go back to a relationship or do what I did with uh, the guy coming to visit me after that experience. It's asking yourself too, like, how is this going to make you feel after mm. often? It's like that instant gra- well, It's going to be fun. Or like this time it's going to be different. different and like, yeah. We can tell ourselves all of these <laughs> kind of excuses or talk ourselves into them. But now that you've listened to this and you're becoming more self-aware, being present and conscious before every decision that you make, and asking yourself, how is this going to make you feel after? You're not going to be perfect at this. This is going to be a lifelong yeah. journey of being conscious, but you're going to start to notice the decisions are that you make and the trajectory of your life is going to be so different when you can slow down and think of the consequences after and asking yourself to, does this get more of what I want? Like, is this actually in alignment with my highest self or my next best steps? So. Right to tie that in to, to recap that it's self-trust number one mm-hmm. number is trust your intuition the guidance is is within mm-hmm. you you have answers now and then number three is is being conscious and asking yourself how it would make you feel after and thinking about those consequences and then just being so graceful and compassionate with yourself when you feel like you've messed up you never really mess up but you can learn lessons and you can you can move forward just just being just so kind and compassionate to yourself like you're a little mm-hmm. a little child wonderfully said and 
and all you guys that are hurting or, you know, maybe you haven't run into uh, a full-fledged narcissist and, you know, even in the future, if you do, you know what to look for. But at, at the same time, you have to put yourself first. You have to learn to love yourself and then it's, you know, you can protect yourself moving forward. And Dr. Annalie, you've been uh, amazing. It's been an honor for you to be on the podcast. Keep doing the amazing work that you're doing. And you guys check her out. Her Instagram is really cool as well. Can you tell us where we can find you? And if you want to just give any shout out too. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for having me here and being able to share with so many people I can just so resonate with. And I'm just, my intention is that everyone is getting lots of value with this, but most importantly that you're, as you're listening, like you're feeling empowered with your choices, with your decisions and knowing that you're, you're okay. So this has been fun. Yeah. Um, The best way to find me, um, pretty much all my social media is Dr. Annalie, doctor spelled out and then O-N-A-L-E-E. I also have a podcast where I share a lot of content, bring guests on as well called the coming home podcast. Mm-hmm. And if currently right now, the best way to work with me is, is one-on-one. I am working on some self-love programs and some actual business programs too, that will be coming in the near future. So excited, excited for that to come, but awesome. Yeah. Send me a message on Instagram. I love to connect with you. Don't be yeah. shy. I'd love to hear how this message resonated with you, what your big takeaways are. I just want to have a conversation and just see how I can support you in whatever way that might look. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out. There you have it, guys. Check her out. That does it for this episode. We have a lot more Elite Series coming on in the next couple of days. Check out uh, the new guests that I have coming for 2022. So with that said, always keep moving forward and we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.